0: All right, we are live. Welcome to the Thursday, July 15th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin on Thursday afternoon, joined by my boy here, Mr. AJ Shulo, AJ's MMA betting. AJ, what's up, man?
1: What's up? Uh, we got Bellator and UFC this week. We're coming off a spectacular pay per view event. And uh, yeah, I mean, what more, uh, what more can we ask for as Fight fans?
0: no absolutely aj I, I didn't even get a chance to talk to you about that card aj i mean we do have we do have an hour so you know what let me talk to you quickly about 264. i believe it was a good night for you i, I think you had brad i know you told me you had brad Tavares, that was one of your your bets and i don't know if you saw mario got cut by the ufc this week so i guess the loser of that fight was going to be released just because of the styles I, I assume but he got released yesterday following the loss yeah apparently his contract's over but still i mean they didn't resign him he's a number 15 ranked guy. I know you like that one, AJ, but what about the main event, though? Um, give me your thoughts on the ending. I think, to me, like, I already talked to Marcelo this, this week, but my thoughts are, AJ, we saw this fight three times now, and we know that Dustin Poirier is the better fighter and the superior MMA fighter, and I personally don't have a ton of interest in the fourth fight, but at the same time, from the promotional point of view, especially now that Connor's, you know, he's, getting, he's healing up from the surgery, from the leg. He said he's going to come back next year. I could see them doing it next year, but I, I personally have an interest. So give me your thoughts on the fight, AJ, because I haven't talked to you about it yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Poirier was winning the fight clear up until the stoppage. I don't think there's really a debate for that. And, you know, even those up kicks that Connor landed, uh, you know, there was <laughs> Poirier was saying how Connor was grabbing his glove and, uh, that basically lured Poirier in Cause it was so perplexing to me, at least why Poirier let him up. And uh, it all makes sense now hearing his interview. Um, I mean, I'm not ready to say that for sure. If the fight played out, Connor would have, or uh, Poirier would have won. Cause we saw, uh Chandler versus Oliveira. Chandler dominates the first round Oliveira knocks him out the second so it's no clear um it's not so clear like that in this game but yeah I think we know who the better fighter is to your point um if they do a fourth fight that's great I'm still not sold that it happens though because it's one thing to say right after the press conference after something happens but um you know as more events take place as time goes on things are obviously subject to change so uh we do have a clear fighter for poirier next it's going to be Oliveira. as for mcgregor he needs to heal up uh before we talk about getting him in there again but uh yeah i mean we, we saw who the better fighter is at, at this point it's Dustin poirier he's a better grappler a better striker uh, he's got more heart he's got better cardio all that good stuff so um of course if they fight again connor's got a chance but now it seems that uh, people are more and more sold that uh, Dustin is the better fighter and, and I am there as well.
0: Yeah, so am I. And I honestly I was there like I told you last week, AJ. I was watching that second fight again, and it was so obvious to you the better fighter, but that that threat of the knockout scared me off, AJ. It was just because I respect Connor so much for his power, but I do think he's on a decline. But at the same time, I mean losing the Poirier is there's nothing to scoff at that. Okay. Um anything else you want to talk about from two sixty-four? You want to move on to to the Belgiar and Tough. Anything else you want to... Um,
1: I am pretty surprised with the Akhmadov cut. Let's uh... talk about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? It, what, like, it, wasn't a, a, it was not a pretty competitive fight. I, I thought he lost for sure. T- probably 29-28. So I think the definitely deserved the win. But I'm assuming AJ is just the style. These guys are both kind of decision machines. And we know the UFC prefers um, high-action-paced strikers. And guys that... are. if they're going to grapple, they're going to go for the finish. So I guess I could see why they, 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 they did... They did release him, but at the same time, AJ, number 15 ranked guy, you're a little perplexed by it, huh?
1: Yeah, and it almost makes me think that they're going to cut Ryan Hall. I I see that they haven't done it yet, but honestly, they might cut him too based on the style. And now that he's lost once, they got a reason to. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, not every fight could look like Pereira versus Price. I get that. But at the same time... I, I just feel like that's not a guy you should be cutting. I know that there was yeah. a circumstance with this contract, but there's so much stuff that goes behind the scenes that, you know, who am exactly. I to really say?
0: You said that last week. You made that point, Andrew. You're like, what do we really know what's going on with these contract negotiations? We only see the surface of it. So there probably yeah. was something else going on. Price Perea, it was my personal pick for fight of the night. Marcel actually thought so too. Most people, including my fiance, thought Moutinho and O'Malley. So no no question that they were going to get it from the UFC. That fight though, Andrew. before we move on, that guy's chin. How – it's a legendary chin right like after that fight.
1: well it's especially crazy because he was getting rocked a bunch on the regionals and knocked out and um yeah t- the fact that it held up that long was crazy i mean obviously he just got his ass kicked from bell to bell uh but at least on his uh, on the good thing with him he got a 50k bonus out of yeah. it and,
0: 75k uh, aj they upped it for this card 75k
1: 75k i actually think they did that the last time connor fought as well um so yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, I'm happy for the kid. I just, uh, for his longevity's sake, that's, uh, that probably wasn't the best uh, fight for yeah, him. Yeah, it
0: was an entertaining fight, but he took a beating. Let me get this comment from Kinshiro. What's great is this sold 1.8 million pay-per-views? That is correct. That's a fact um, now. So the fourth rematch will sell 2.2. Conor's amazing. The more he loses in the UFC, the more money he makes. <laughs> He's not wrong. I think you're right, Kinshiro. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head here. Like, you know, my immediate thought following the fight was this guy's stock has never been lower, but a Week like a few days, I didn't say a week, like it's been like five or six. It's crazy, right? It, today's already Thursday. AJ. I feel like this was just yesterday where he broke his leg. You know what I mean? We're already yeah. at Thursday now. He's had surgery now. He's talking now. He's saying he's coming back. He's going to come back in a year. Dana White's confident he's making his return. So, my initial thoughts on Monday were, I don't want to see this fight again. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, I'm like, all right, we're probably going to end up seeing this fight at some point. And he says he wants to adopt Connor's baby. He's got three of them now, actually. Listen, I mean, the guy is the biggest strong sport. I was talking about this with uh some other journalists, AJ, we were just saying like, this guy's a content machine, like without Connor and before him, I guess Rhonda, there's always going to be these trailblazing stars, but Connor still is the gift that keeps on giving. That's what I said. Cause AJ, I still write about this guy every day. I'm still writing about this dude every day. That's part of my job. I, I wake up every morning knowing I'm probably gonna have to write about Connor McGregor today. You know, I just know it's part of the job. So, you know, as much as you want to slag in the guy and trust me, some of the comments he made, AJ, I, I don't agree. With some of the, the the death threats and stuff—that's a little bit too far, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it's the fight game. I don't think you should be bringing people's families into it. Their wives and children—that is a little bit too far. But from a fighting perspective, from a promotional perspective, from just the entertainment perspective, AJ—it doesn't get much better than Conor McGregor. Sort of about it. Dana asked us if he wants to be Conor 12 time for 18 million. Dude, I was—I <laughs> made the joke on Monday, AJ. This might be the first time we see 20 fights between two UFC history, but. I actually think we might see the first four and five, I don't know what that's called. Like, obviously, a trilogy is three. Was it a quadrilogy? Is four? That's Maybe. you might see the first one ever in MMA history or UFC history. It has happened in MMA. Andre Arlovski and Tim Sylvia fought four times. I believe the fourth fight was a no contest and won championship too. So they could fight a fifth time. I, you know, at some point though, it's like, do we need to keep seeing the rematch? There's other fights out there. So that, that's my opinion. Last words on two sixty four before we move on.
1: Yeah, I think it's just honestly a lack of acceptance. Why people like because if dustin goes out there and beats him again people are going to ask for a fifth fight and they just want to keep asking it until they see connor get the better of this fight and just we got to move on eventually right i mean these guys they they can only fight for so long they could only fight the same guy for so long consecutively and look connor's a great fighter i mean losing these two fights in my opinion doesn't make his stock go down he's always been a tremendous talent so to me i'm gonna go watch it if they make it the fourth time but i don't feel like it's uh it's set in stone it's going to happen for sure
0: yeah i think you're right about that okay let's talk about tough because uh i mean you talk about every thursday now look at this last conference hero because i appreciate the comments can anyone blame dustin for keep fighting connor no and i especially can't blame for taking this fight now instead of fighting Oliveira because you know again i mean the, the amount of money he's made he made for this third fight compared to if he fought Oliveira, uh it's night and day it really is okay so tough aj let's talk a little bit about tough 29 i just watched it last night they pull the fight up. It was a great fight. We had Josh Ridinghouse taking on Brady Heistin. Uh Majority decision win here for uh, Brady Highstand um, AJ. And it was a pretty much a back-and-forth war, but ultimately the younger, fresher guy ends up winning the fight. Uh, I think this kid's definitely got a high ceiling. What do, you th- what do you think of the fight, man? What do you think of his performance?
1: Yeah, how crazy is it that we had our, our two f- best fights of the season happen back-to-back episodes? And, uh, yeah, Team Volkanovski makes the Series 4-3. I did think Brady looked good. Um, we saw he has issues with his striking defense. He got rocked and clipped a little bit there, but I really liked his relentlessness with the with the wrestling and the grappling. He just he has a strong will to win. He dug deep. He got tired, but he still pushed through it. Yeah, I think this kid's good, man. Because Reddinghouse is uh, speaking of of the card this week for the UFC. He's a guy that's fought uh, a Sergey Murazov on that card twice actually. So he's a, he's definitely a very tested guy. He fought over an M one actually, which is which is a high which is good regional promotion, in my opinion at least. So yeah, Brady getting this win, even though it's an exhibition fight, I think is a is a big deal for him because he's so young and he's uh, how crazy that this dude works with the fire with the fire department and he goes out there and fights. I mean, uh, yeah, if you're very bright f- future for this kid, I hope that whatever he does, he's able to uh, pursue his uh, passion with an all in manner. He's able to you know have enough time to commit to whatever he wants to commit to. Uh, you're on mute, bud. You're. <laughs>
0: Of course, I was trying to say something. I was on mute. My bad. Um, I'm like, why can I? Why can't you hear me? No, what I was gonna say was, it still amazes me that we still have these fighters. And obviously, he's not in the UFC yet. But these talented guys that are not full time fighters, they're st- they're not full time athletes. They have to work second jobs. And this guy, obviously, very passionate about what he does. But hopefully, he's able to you know train full time. AJ at the PI, get a full time camp at one of those camps in Vegas or something, and and make a career because this kid's very talented and. For Reddinghouse, this is a tough loss. I think he was the oldest guy in the house and this is probably his last chance at the UFC, I would guess. So he's a decent fighter, but obviously came up short here. And I mean, you look at the talent, AJ quickly, um, we're almost done. The, uh, the quarterfinals, there's just one fight left, left next week with Gilbert Arena, but just going through the, the bandway brackets here. I don't know if you want to give your quick thoughts on some of these upcoming matchups, you got Ludwig uh, Chilinian against Vince Murdoch. I mean, i would assume there's no odds for these, but Vince would be favored, I would guess. But honestly, Ludwig looked really good in his first fight, and he could win that fight. And the other one's Tercios against Haisan. and that is a great fight. Two of the the best prospects in this division. I'm looking forward to that one. And then at middleweight, we have Andre Petrovsky, a guy that we were talking about the first episode, I think. And he's obviously very good against Trishan Gore, who's very good, and Brian Battle, who looked great against either uh, Urbina or Hunsinger. So I get it, guys. Like, there's not huge names on this. I know a lot of people aren't watching it. And honestly, like, it's not like the, the coaches are the most <laughs> charismatic guys, but. There's some good fights coming up. AJ, some talented guys. So any quick thoughts on these fights coming up?
1: Yeah, I think Ricky and Brady is the one that I am looking forward to the most. They both come to fight. And, yeah, they're both really young, talented prospects. I, I like them both. I think they're both well-rounded. I'm looking forward to Gore and Petrovsky of two and, and Brian Battle versus whoever wins between Hunsinger and Urbina. I'm looking forward to them all yeah uh murdoch and uh ludovic that should be a fun fight as well yeah i'm looking forward to them all Uh, like we talked about you get a head start on tape study nobody's really watching it so there's a intriguing betting opportunity that presents itself during the ultimate fighter finale like there usually is gonna be all over that so
0: yeah and my question i mean it's not really to you it's more just like in general like i wonder how many of these guys are actually going to end up making the um the the ufc because i believe that they're not doing like their own card for this show which they used to do in the past they would have a card aj and Obviously you'd have the finalists and stuff. You'd also have a couple guys that UFC liked that they would bring back, but I'm assuming that the finalists will both fight at 266. And I don't know if who else is going to be brought in, but I do think there is quite a bit of talent, even some of these guys that obviously only one guys going to end, up winning each, each tournament, but I think there is quite a bit of talent on um, the season that um, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these guys. And even if they don't get in right away, AJ short notice fights, different opportunities always pop up. So there's definitely some guys here that look pretty good. Okay. Let's do Bellator. AJ, let's talk about Bellator 262. I'm going to pull it up here. Just give me your initial thoughts on the card. Obviously, I know you've been working hard, hard on it all week. Just as an overall card, any thoughts on this one?
1: Um, Yeah, I, I this is not the strongest card that we've seen in recent time, uh, just being honest. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to enjoy it. But just from a comparable perspective, I mean, you do have Tyrell Fortune on here, a bright prospect facing a veteran in Mitrio, and that's a, you know, <laughs> an interesting clash there. Uh, you got the fly, the women's flyweight title on the line. I mean, that's exciting between Denise Kielholz and Juliana Vasquez. So, um, but beyond that, it doesn't have a ton of depth. I mean, Arlene Blanco, Diana Silva. You know, they got they definitely have a, a big name in the featherweight division. Uh, Eblin, Johnny Eblin's a good prospect. So, it's got a little bit of everything. But at the same time, you got some prelim fighters as well that are very intru- intriguing spots. But um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna like it. But eh, it's just kind of okay. Is how i feel about it
0: this one is and honestly like if i'm if i wasn't such a huge mma fan and ufc fan you know i, I don't know if i'd watch these cards but i'm i'll probably end up watching it just because i love this sport but the ufc card i was talking to someone else and i was like if you're gonna k- skip one this is the weekend to do something else you know if, if you're able to i would say the same with bellator um it's not the best card in the world but i'm, I'm still gonna end up probably watching it um and talking about it Pablo's in here he's saying jobly even is good he is good the other guy that's good is that other Johnny guy, uh, the guy who knocked out Henry Krause. What's his name again? Johnny. Oh, what's it his... the Cupca- Cup- Cupcakes guy. Johnny cupcakes, sorry. I, gotta get his name. I don't think it's Soto. It's last name's. uh, but oh, I'm so sorry guys. I shouldn't know this Campbell, Johnny Campbell. Okay. So Uh-oh. this guy, okay. He's not fighting this card, but, uh, AJ, this guy's, he's coming off the win over Henry Krause, he's on a six fight win streak with a win over Chris Butino by knockout as well. That's the guy I was thinking about. So. This guy is actually decent. He's um, he fought uh, her, Corrales in May and, not, and submitted him, dropped him and submitted him. That's a guy to look out for. Um, and I was gonna say the guy he lost to last year, where he had the ear ripped off, Airy Farias is fighting on on this weekend at the LFA card. We'll talk about that LFA card a little bit later. So there's some good prospects actually, guys. If you look, but you gotta dig a little bit. Because um, you saying that it's a decent her card. Yeah, I mean it's okay. it's okay. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Johnny Johnny Campbell. He was just I didn't remember your last name, Pablo. Okay. Let's do this card. Um, let's go through it. AJ. One sec. Bellator 262. And we'll go through the fights here, guys. Again, some of the prelims, well, you know, the odds are a little bit inflated, so it's not like you have to spend a lot of time talking about them. Let's go through this one first. Charlie Campbell against Nick Galetti. Charlie, the cannibal ca- Campbell. That's a pretty good nickname, actually. Um, odds for this one, AJ, minus 350 for the favorite Campbell, plus 290 for Galetti. Any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah. I like Campbell here. I don't love him, but I, I like him. I think he's a better fighter lines warranted. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just so fascinating with, with these, with these betting lines. It's just like, where do they get this Intel from? You got a guy that's yeah. only fought the decision once. And, um, I mean, we were breaking it a few Bellator cards ago. There was that guy that came in with an O and O record. He was a massive favorite. It was a wrestler, dude. And he got knocked out in the first round. Remember that? It was crazy. Um, so yeah, no way would I ever lay the chalk in these spots. I just think that it's just throwing a dart on something that I don't even know what I'm investing myself in. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's fair. And Pavel, I agree. Cody Law is really good. He's all, he's another big favorite here, but we'll talk about his fight in a sec. Um, I'm with you. I think Campbell probably wins, but again, you know, a guy with four fights, AJ, uh, is this the guy you want to invest three, three and a half to one on? I don't know. And the other thing I'll say is to a, the point you made you know, I think for Bellator, at least like these guys, there is some footage out there and stuff, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I wonder like what, like, I wonder what the, if the matchmakers tell these oddsmakers stuff like, because I want like the LFA card, there's a lot of guys that we've never heard of on that card, but there's odds and almost half the odds for that card opened at minus 200 plus 160. So I'm assuming that someone, in the matchmakers probably like, yeah, this guy should be favored and they just went ahead and put that default line out. So that's what I was thinking about. Um, and who was that wrestler you guys were talking about? I know who you're talking about. He got knocked out like, I think two cards ago. Can't remember yeah. his name. All right, Johnny Soto. Sorry, this isn't the Johnny I was talking about, but this guy is is obviously uh, decent here and taking an Aldi uh, Benjelini and ready down the odds for this one. Um, AJ Soto, slight favorite, minus 125. Benjelini plus 105, any thoughts on this one? Pick him fight.
1: Yeah, I like Soto here. I was impressed with how he looked against Almeida. He was a big underdog in that spot, and he really nullified him with his with his wrestling and grappling. I thought that was a really smart game plan of him to do. Um, it got a little sketchy for him there in a couple moments, but, I mean, I got to tip my hat off to the guy. I mean, he just really shut everybody up. That was doubting him with that performance. And um, I do think he'll be tested here, but uh, I just think he's the guy on more momentum. Uh, he's been underrated in the past. I, I think he wins.
0: Yeah, no, I think so too. I actually, the line's not bad guys. I mean, it's basically your money, right? So you're getting this guy who's coming off a great win against Rayburn made is a big underdog, obviously. plus three eighty. plus three eighty. but he looked good in that fight, man. he definitely is a decent fighter. And I mean, this guy, you know, he, he does, he has fought for decent guys. He fought Kevin Krum, who's in the UFC now, obviously, but you know, that layoff year and a half, that's a long layoff and the record five and three is not good. So I, I have to look a little bit deeper, but I, I'm with Asia on this one. I think there's value on, on the spike favor AJ, I gotta be honest, minus one twenty five is. That's cheap for this guy. So, and they're talking about Isaiah Hawkett. That was the guy's name. He was like minus, I want to say like minus 800 AJ, and he got like starched <laughs> like really quick. So, that's yeah. the risk, right? And I know a lot of people that night, I can't remember who else was on that car, but they had parlayed like five or six of the favorites, and they're, the first leg ends up KKO ko about 10 seconds. So, that's the risk you take. Um, let's talk crazy. about this one. Diana Avsa uh Afsar, uh Gorova against Gabriella Golfin and she she struggled to make weight if I'm not mistaken but ended up making it so that's a good thing but did struggle a little bit with scale but still huge favorite to You got minus 1100 on the favorite plus 700 in the dog I mean I expect the score to roll what do you think
1: Yeah Fsar Gova she's just such a talented prospect and uh I mean we'd like to see her tested a little bit more ideally and but to be honest, man, I always think she's got more upside than a fighter such as Valerie Laredo did, you know, even prior to her recent loss. I just – the eye test, she passes it more for me. She's really dangerous, uh, fast, explosive athlete. And I think that she's just going to rack up some wins here. And um, when she gets a big step up in comp, uh, maybe, you know, I think twice about picking her. But, I mean, honestly, man, she's just – she's doing her thing. And she's – you'll have to see it. So, yeah, yeah, she probably goes out here and wins.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, she's a big favorite, maybe finishes the fight. She looked amazing in the last fight. Um, only three fights as a pro. So I, I'm okay with the slow matchmaking. Uh, you know what this girl golfing, like she's not as bad, I think as maybe people think she has fought good, talented fighters I mean, Aaron Blanchfield's obviously in the UFC. Now she lost to her, this girl, Jasmine, uh, Jassa, do She's from Canada. She's from Ontario where I live. She's a great prospect. That's going to be in the UFC soon. So those aren't bad losses. And this girl right here, Jennifer, uh, the castio i know look you look at a record you're like oh okay why are you even looking at this girl adam this is corey anderson's wife this is actually corey anderson's wife in the ufc so she's wow. actually a fighter as well yeah that's his wife um i know her because she used to train at rufus sport way back in the day and went by this name instead and I, I follow her on twitter for for many years so she's actually married to corey anderson now so she has some experience but again you know it's a good i think it's actually a decent um fight just because she's only has three fights as a pro so you're fighting someone with four fights but i expect her to roll aj i just think it's a it's not a terrible match i'm not gonna complain about the matchmaking in that one you won't hear me complaining like this one though i mean i and pavlo i want to hear your thoughts because i like Cody a lot too but the match here, guys i mean fight three and oh i get it only three no oh gets one over guy but again aj look at the odds on this one and this is the one just standing out to you minus 1100 Cody law's last fight minus 1100 fight before that minus 400 fight before that minus 1400. So this guy is an absolute monster favorite. Every time he fights and I'm assuming you're going to like him in this one too. Right?
1: Yeah. All aboard the Cody law hype train, I, I suppose, right? He's just going to come in as a big favorite. I would think every time up until he loses or has a competitive fight. Cause why would people think otherwise to, to bet against them? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he wins here, better fighter, bright prospect. Uh, yeah. Could do so in dominant fashion i don't know if a finish happens here or not just not enough data but uh certainly in play anytime there's a mismatch in skill uh finish could come to fruition
0: hey it's the thing like this guy here, this is the problem i have with this fight number one this guy literally they don't even know what show this guy fought on there's no there's no like it doesn't show a card this guy had the win on so he beats the guy that owned a record 36 seconds literally two years ago july 2019 and then they bring him in to fight their top prospect Yeah, I mean, what's the under? Let's take a look at the under. I think that's the way to look at this one. Let's take a look at it. Cody Law inside the distance minus one ten. I mean, that's that's a decent line. You get a finish on Cody Law. I think he finishes the fight. AJ finding a guy that's never he hasn't fought Bellator, fought one guys. I I actually like that line, AJ. I don't know. I I, typically am not a huge prop guy. I'm just saying, like, instead of betting minus eleven hundred, I'd rather bet minus one ten. Would you?
1: yeah i mean straight up but i mean the risk I just, of
0: that decision right yeah
1: well it's it's more like i just don't even know if there's value on that you know because i just there's not enough information out there to suggest one way or another so i mean there could be i mean we could see cody go out here and just choke him out in 20 seconds or we could just see um theodoro here just look ultra tough for 15 minutes there's really no way for for me at least to know uh one way or another
0: Fair enough. I just think that, again, we talked about this a little while ago, like these situations where there is such a giant mismatch in skill. And I think the wrestling is going to be a huge difference in this fight, AJ. I expect this guy gets smashed. Pavlo says he thinks Cody's going to finish him. Dan Lambert, he's the ATT owner, said that Cody's is a featured champ. Yeah, he's great. There's some really good fighters in that That camp's amazing. Um, for my money, AJ, uh, maybe the best camping, it's definitely top three. You like, a, I mean, you're a big fan of American top Team, i I'm assuming as well
1: oh yeah i mean i've always been big on them they've yeah. gone on win streaks time and time again i think who you train with is super important and
0: it really is and you know we saw that against uh, with the connor and dustin fight because you know connor or dustin's you know he's sharpening iron against iron every day in that gym whereas connor's the big fish in a small pond aj and i think at this point at this evolution of the sport in 2021 you can't be doing that anymore you got to be training with killers every day to get better all right the next fight here ronnie marks against saad Sal- salma and I believe Marks is making his Bellator debut now, if I'm not mistaken. He was supposed to fight Josh Barnett. Oh, he, sorry, he fought Linton Vassal. The Josh Barnett fight got canceled a few times. Um, odds for this one, AJ, minus uh, 200 for Sage Sawa and Ronnie Marks plus 170. So the line actually has Sawa as the favorite, which means it flipped completely because um, Ronnie Marks opened as the two-to-one favorite. So the line's flipped her AJ, Got Sawa as the, as the favorite. I guess people are just fading Ronnie Marks. What do you think, man?
1: I mean, I get it. Marks, I mean, I get it from both perspectives. The odds maker, open Marks, he's much more proven and tested and all that sort of thing. But I think a lot of people may have come in on Soma. Maybe they like him stylistically, but also Mark seems to be on a decline. I watched this fight with Vassal. He didn't look good there. I know Vassal's a very proven guy, but just how he got smashed on the ground there wasn't the best look, considering Mark excels as a, or excuse me, Mark excels as a, a submission grappler. And so, I mean, I see the angle. I just have a tougher time reading this fight. I am going to pick Soma just because he's looked better of the two recently. But stylistically, I don't think it's a terrible fight for Marks. But um, because I didn't, I mean, you know, going to decision with Tyrell Fortune, and we'll talk about him later. I mean, that's impressive in itself. But I mean, Soma didn't really... He didn't really show me a whole lot in that fight. So I hope he looks better. I hope he proves me wrong and comes in looking like an improved fighter, but I'm not ready to just jump aboard the Soma train uh, just yet, even though I'm going to pick him to win.
0: I actually kind of agree with on this one. I, I, I think the odds makers, I think they might've been right by opening marks of the favorite. I mean, the guy is much more experienced and proven, but he is on a massive decline. So I could see the angle of people fading him at the same time. Um, I guess I would even, I, I, I don't want to bet Ronnie marks, but I do think it is a, a, a dog or pass situation because of the line, um, I just, I know he looked good. The sour guy against uh, fortune lost the fight, but he looked decent. Um, it's just that marks again is so experienced, but to be honest with you, these people might've actually been like, whoever bet on him early and got the plus money, they might've been on the right track with this one. But for me at the current line, I would say it's dogger pass. but man, Ronnie marks, I remember this guy came to the UFC and he had so much hype behind him and he had a couple of wins in a row, AJ, and then he gets, he gets fed to you all Romero and Tiago Santos, just never recovered from those losses. And he was a massive favorite against Santos, minus 800 and lost, got body kicked. And I guess Romero, was he a favorite? Oh, he's a small underdog. That's crazy. Looking back now, I mean, the guy's just on a decline. There's no doubt about it. I can't blame people for fading him, but at the same time, I do think the line's a little bit off now. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Um, Johnny Eblin against Travis Davis, the guy that you guys want to talk about, Johnny Eblin. I mean, this guy, He looks like Canelo Alvarez to me. He really does, right? He's uh, Canelo lookalike. Minus 650 for this guy, AJ, plus 475 for Travis Davis. And i got to be honest, I'd never heard about this guy, Travis Davis, for this card. So give me your thoughts on this one, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I looked into Davis, and honestly, there's just not a lot of footage of him. He looks pretty good from what I've seen. He excels as a striker. He's actually got, I mean, you could tell in typology, he's got a few boxing bouts. Um, He seems pretty dangerous on the feet. He's got a hard low kick. I do think he's actually a better striker than Iblin here. Eblin improving on the feet but he still to me is not a comfortable striker it was just two fights ago he was rocked badly by uh, taylor johnson he's just pretty reckless when closing the distance leaving himself open to counters now i know he's coming off a knockout win however i'm not ready to say Eblin is a great technical striker just yet um he he could get there like we said he's training at a great camp with great fighters but um to say that i would confidently favor him to beat top fight fighters of this weight class and a fight contestant on the feet 15 minutes seems like a bit of a stretch but lucky for him he's an outstanding wrestler this dude has the smothering wrestling style that you would love to back if you were to say you know just predict this guy to win because in order to beat a guy like this you need to keep him off of you for 15 minutes and he is just so smothering with his chain wrestling it's just tough to keep this guy away from you and even a guy in taylor johnson who's a strong guy strong wrestler could not keep eblin away from him so I think if Evelyn wins this fight, he's just going to dominate with takedowns and control. Maybe he gets a finish along the way as well. But I think for Davis to win, he just has to almost catch Evelyn in something. And, you know, sure, that's always possible in a fist fight, but I think we're going to see who the better round winner and more promising mixed martial artist here is, and that's Johnny Evelyn. So I'm going to go with Johnny Evelyn to get his hand raised by a comfortable uh, method. Uh, You're on mute again. (laughs) It's all good.
0: Thanks, AJ. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, I, I I, agree with you on this uh, as well. I like Evelyn, but I will say, like, you know, I, I like these guys like Davis, who's been grinding for years. I mean, he's been fighting since 2010, you know, so he's been grinding a long time to get here, but he's fighting such a dominant wrestler. I just, I hate the matchup for this guy. So he's not, like, I'm just looking at his record, and it's like, I, I, I respect the guy's put that grind in. And he has fought some okay comp, like this guy, uh, Fremd, was like really highly talented. And same with Steel, was in the UFC at some point. Lost to those guys though, so that's a worry, but yeah, Evelyn's. I just think the wrestling will be dominant, But maybe this Davis guy, like you said, the, you said the striking's really good, right? So maybe he's a little better than what we think, but the wrestling's probably going to play strongly in this fight. All right, Arlene Blenkow against Diana Silva at 145, women's fight. And right now we have okay, Blenkow is actually favored, minus 150, Silva plus 130. Um, let me jump in there quickly, AJ. Um, this was a girl we talked about her last fight against Julia Budden. I know that you ended up betting on Bud. I really thought that you know, she might have edged it out in that fight. It was super close. It was more about Bud really not being um, active, I guess. And we, had, we, I remember you had mentioned that, AJ. That was one of the, I guess, words you had that sort of being inactive on the feet. But, so not ended up getting the win. And we, again, we talked about this girl, all the experience she has. And I mean, I thought that she was super competitive with someone like like Bud. That's a good sign. I don't rate Blenkov that highly. And I know she's got some good boxing skills, obviously, and some some striking. But, Overall, as an MMA fighter, I think Silva's better and I think there's value in her as an underdog agent. So I have no idea what you're thinking, but that's my initial thoughts when I see her as an underdog, a girl that's a good, solid fighter. I think there's value there. Any thoughts?
1: I think Silva has more favorable intangibles. She's the younger fighter, 30 compared to 38. And Blenko, I mean, she just fought for the belt, but she just got absolutely destroyed by cyborg. So you never know how a fighter is going to respond after climbing to the top and then just getting. Uh, obliterated. I mean, cause that's, that fight wasn't even re- remotely competitive and it's Chris Cyborg and I get that sort of thing, but it's still damage taken nonetheless. Um, with Silva and Bud. Yeah. I mean, you said it right. It was, uh, you know, sometimes you, you walk away and you you walk away a little lucky from a bet, but um, to be honest, I, I gotta be honest before I'm nice. I just thought it was more about what Julia Bud did wrong than what Silva did excellently. I mean, she, exp- she um, exceeded my expectations. Don't get me wrong, but um i've seen this girl way too many times controlled in the clinch get taken down uh get controlled on her back and um she's aggressive on the feet she's a black belt in muay thai she's a brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu uh but her technique is pretty wild and so i think it should be contested on the feet to your point i do think it could be close i could see selva winning but when i watch them both fight i think Blanco is a better boxer her technique is sharper she's got better footwork um but you know Silva is more likely to improve. She's, again, not coming off a beating. She is aggressive. She does come forward uh, ultra-tough. So I think it is fairly, uh, you know, the, the odds being competitive are justified. I think this is as close as you could possibly get. Coin flip, split decision, goes to the score tar- cards type of thing.
0: Yeah, I think it probably goes to the cards too. Pavlo thinks uh, Silva's stand kind of weak and Garley good in the feet. I, I, yeah, I think she's probably the better boxer with her hands, but... It is an MMA fight, and I think Silva's the better overall mixed martial artist, you know, especially if it goes to the ground, AJ. I would assume that you have an advantage, but at the same time, like you said, um, she's not like the biggest featherweight, which worries me a little bit in the clinch and stuff like that, but I still think, I'm going to pick her. I'm going to take Silva for the upside here. I just think that, again, there's more upside here at age 30 compared to 38, and I'll take that all day. All right, Matias Matthi, Matos against CJ Hamilton, excuse me. Matos, minus is minus two sixty five. Hamilton plus two twenty five. No, you're pretty high in this Matto's guy. You give me your thoughts on this fight, man.
1: Um, I mean, he's fought some good guys. He fought Piotrion and Madoff, and those are his only two losses. I'm not a huge fan of his style. He he trains with the Bibble brothers, which I like, obviously, mm-hmm. but he's my biggest issue with him is i think he's best as a submission grappler but he rarely looks to get the fight to the ground when i watch him go to the ground he passes guard he's a submission threat everything you'd love to see out of a grappler but this dude is so content to just stand on the outside and just fight at a slow pace he's got good technique he's got compelling power but you know i have seen him a bit reckless in the pocket i've seen him get rocked i've seen him get tired um Hamilton's coming off a very one-sided loss to Magomedov, but on the flip side, you know, when Magomedov fought Matos, the fight wasn't remotely competitive either, even though one went to a decision and the other one was a submission. So my whole thing with this fight is we got another thing where you got Matos five years younger, more likely to improve at Bantamweight, but he's also been very inactive. He's fought like twice in the past four years or something crazy like that. He's just been so inactive as a fighter and... Hamilton's been busy he's got his issues with like defensive grappling and um he's just mainly a point fighter that likes to stand on the outside and throw kicks I think favoring Matos is fine because he's the better grappler and he's more technical striker but to say that he should be around three four to one wherever he is it seems a bit outrageous in my opinion not that I would run to the window to bet Hamilton but um I I don't trust Matos is a huge favorite, to be honest with you. I would never bet him at this line, even though I'm predicting him to win. I just think that if he doesn't get this fight to the ground and uh, dominate Hamilton or knock him out with a big shot on the feet, this fight's going to be close because they're both good athletes. They both throw with power. they both fast. I just don't see why one guy really blows the other out of the water, unless if it goes to the ground. So um, I like Matos in this spot, but I don't love him. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, like CJ's obviously got a lot of experience guys and he fought some good guys and most of his losses are like really good guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, Casey Kenny on contender series, for instance, how did he won that fight? he would be in the UFC, right? So the guy's clearly talented, but man, that last fight was such a wash. Um, and that, I mean, they had what, they had a, the same opponent. Right. And you saw the difference again, matchups are everything, but I just, I think the durability of this guy's a bit of a concern has been finished quite often two, three, what, three, three, four finishes against him. So that worries me a little bit. I just think a general Matos will probably be just a bit too strong and stuff, but we'll see. I mean, maybe it's gonna be a little more competitive than I'm thinking it's gonna be, but I think Matos wins. Um, Pavlo says Hamilton's faster, I can see Hamilton catching him. Yeah, and again, he's got a lot of experience too. All right, let's go to the next two, uh, I think we got two fights left, right? Tyrell Mm -hmm. Fortune, Matt Mitchell. Okay, I gotta ask you this. I don't know if you saw the clip going around. Did you see the clip going around of some reporter asking Mitchell on a stupid question? Did you see this?
1: yeah I saw it
0: any thoughts on that I'll get my thoughts inside anything
1: uh no I mean it just I mean MMA media just never it's it just it's one of those things just expect the unexpected with this sport and you know you just you just kind of I just kind of accepted it at this point so
0: yeah fair enough I mean I work in the media right so it's like I, I don't want to say anything bad about anyone because this is not it's not the easiest job it, it's not as easy as people think to interview these guys because Especially if you're new at this like it could be a little intimidating but at the same time number one these guys i don't think they were there they were on zoom so you should have had like the question written down there's no reason you shouldn't have had it like if, you, if it's in person i can see it you you know you're thinking on the feet but this guy had tons of time to ask a question and then adds, ends up getting his record wrong it says matt's own five in his last five which isn't true because he's oh three and one which is a complete sorry one three and one which is a one three and one no contest, actually, which is a completely different record. So this guy has quickly looked at his topology and assumed that was an 05 record in me, which is just embarrassing. And then Matt called him out in his bullshit, which I'm glad to see. So I mean, listen, I I've been called by fighters too and asked dumb questions. I mean, you know, don't ask them little questions. You learn from it. Hopefully this kid learns from it. But yeah, my Mitron comes in here. I mean, he's got a big chip on his shoulder, AJ. It's pretty clear, right? Like he's he's on a losing skid. He's got to win this fight against Terrell Fortune. But Mitchell is a big underdog here. Minus 350 for Terrell, plus 290 for Meadhead i got to be honest, I'm a huge meathead fan, but I don't know if this goes well for him. What are you thinking here, man?
1: Yeah, um, I think it depends on Fortune's game plan. If he wants to get this fight to the ground, I don't see why he can't. He's a much better wrestler than Matt, and we've seen Matt struggle on the ground more than once. He's always been a re-grappler off of his back. You could just go back to his last fight against Timothy Johnson where he couldn't defend himself from ground and pound. The the issue, though, becomes – I know that he, I know fortune fought well against May. That was a good game plan, but there's other fights of him in the past. And I hope he's overcome this hurdle, but he's content to stand. And he was content to stand with Timothy Johnson. And then Timothy Johnson knocked him out. Um, he doesn't do a good job of moving his head to his fortune. Uh, he leaves his hands down as he exits the pocket. Um, he's a young guy. He's getting better. I hope that this stuff improves, but I'm not ready to say he's a polished striker yet. I do favor Matt on the feet. He should be faster. Um, he's got a little bit of a reach on Fortune, about three and a half inches. Uh, has got some power. So even though he's on a losing streak and I mean, I do have concerns about, you know, his re- regression with his age, he's now 43. I think he third 43 today, actually. Um, I mean, he can land a knockout shot, but if he doesn't land the knockout shot on the feet, I just think we're going to see fortune here, duck under for a double leg, get into dominant position and just pound away with a ground and pound stoppage.
0: I'm a huge Matt Mitchell fan, man. I, I love the guy. I mean, I think the guy's had a kind of an underrated career. For a guy that came out of football with like what, no fights? For a guy to, to achieve as much as he had, that's pretty good, man. For a guy who's a former NFL player to get all these wins on his resume, like Fedor, Derek Lewis, Gabriel Gonzaga. I mean, that's a good resume. So he's a good fire agent, but I do think he's past his prime now, guys. And at age forty three, like AJ says his birthday today. That's not a good sign. So he definitely has a puncher's chance. We know that because he's like you said in the in the interview, AJ, I throw hands, son. The guy's like, How are you gonna beat him? He's like, I throw hands, son. Well, <laughs> that was so jokes. I mean, that's how he's gonna win. Just like he did to Fader, just faster knock you out. There's enough of a worry with this guy's chain aid and striking defense, AJ, where I wouldn't lay the juice, but I expect him to take down Mitchell. Mitchell's takedown defense is not good, guys. I mean, even Roy Nelson was having a little success with him on the ground. So yeah, AJ, it just it's it's a fade on Mitchell's takedown defense. It's just too poor for me to, to pick. But as a fan of as a fan of the guy, I love the guy. I would, I'd love to see him go out there and get a knockout and then call a Fato or something for a rematch or something like that. You know, be cool. All right. Main event time, AJ, Juliana Velasquez against Denise Kielholtz. And I got to give my boy big Marcelo some credit here. He's been banging the drum on Denise for a long time. She's obviously Dutch, just like him. He's been telling about her for a long time. Um, AJ, he's like, you gotta watch this girl. She's going to be good. So she gets a title shot here against Velasquez, dominant fighter in Bellator. Right now, AJ, minus 400 for the champion, minus, uh, plus 325 for the challenger. Give me your thoughts on the main event of Bellator 262.
1: Yeah, um, when I was watching Velasquez fight, I thought she well. This is before I'd watch any footage of her. I thought she was going to look a lot more dominant than I found out she was. She's pretty content to just play the counter game, and I mean she's good at it. She throws with power. She's technical. She's good technically, um, and she's also very strong for this weight class. But. When you're fighting at such a slow pace, it could just confuse the judges sometimes because if the opposition is just more willing to throw offense at you, you might just give away rounds by accident. And that's kind of what I thought happened against McFarlane. I mean, I still think it's fair that she won rounds one and three through McFar- uh, against McFarlane, but I think you could make a case that McFarlane edged those rounds. Um, Kielholtz is aggressive. That's what I like about her. She's she's a six-time world kickboxing champion. She's a black belt in judo. Um, Flaskes is also black belt in judo. She comes forward. She's got fast hands. She's got power in her hands, and uh, she comes to fight. Keel Holtz offensively is a problem. She's got a double leg takedown, body lock takedown in the top position. She's a submission threat. Uh, her issues pop up, uh, pop up. Excuse me, in the defensive side of things. Watching her crash the pocket, chin is high. Just kind of sw- swings wildly. Just head hunts sloppily. Um, even on the ground, I've seen her get her back taken multiple times because she goes for the head and arm throw. I've seen her get submitted by Veda Ortega in the clinch. So she's she's definitely got some serious offensive threats, but I worry about Velazquez because you know, even though gr- grappling isn't Velazquez's plan A game plan, she's a purple belt in jujitsu, and she's gonna be the larger fighter here, more more physically compelling. If she for whatever reason gets on top of Kielholtz. In the top position on the ground she could that could just be a round. i mean she could get around a dominant round or even a submission i've just seen keelholtz put in way too many bad spots on the ground to um make me nervous if she could really do anything with like escaping back mount or something like that so despite the wide odds i do consider keelholtz a live underdog i just i think she's got enough tools offensively to make this fight close if not win um and, and she fights at a higher pace and, and is probably the more the fighter more willing to go for takedown. So there's just not enough, like for me to say that there's like quote unquote value on his line on her line, excuse me, there would be, there would need to be more evidence. And this might be Velasquez might just be too physical for her is one thing I worry about. And then the other thing is she might be too big of a step up and comp because even though Denise is on this incredible winning streak and, um, she's done so in emphatic fashion with finishes she hasn't faced a a fighter like Velasquez yet. And Velasquez by far has the best win uh, combined. Both of them. McFarland is a better, a far better win than any of them have combined. So I'm picking Velasquez here, but I I don't agree with the line. I think that this, these odds should be a bit closer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Keyholtz even win here. I think she's really tough. Uh, I would be surprised if, uh, you know, if she's, if she doesn't get finished, she, uh, you know, doesn't have some, some good moments here. A few of them sprinkled in. So, um i i like velasquez in the spot but I, I don't love her uh against Keel uh yeah third time it happened again yeah <laughs> you're good
0: i just don't want to interrupt you so my bad um i think it's a good fight Let me get this comment pablo says the thing with Juliana doesn't use her ground game. up he mean, you mean her she loves to stand up yeah that's that's the one thing because i think that in this fight if she did pursue grappling like a grappling heavy game play even though he is a good grappler too i think that would be the easiest path to victory, I think, because I Keel has all that experience on the feet. And I know Vlasquez can hang on the feet too. I think I think it's a competitive fight. I think four to one's a little excessive. I kind of agree with you, Adrian. But at the same time, I gotta go with the champ, man. I gotta be honest with you. Like, I wasn't sure if she would beat McFarlane and gets a different matchup. McFarlane maybe not as like dangerous as a finisher, but that is a good win for me. That was the first loss that girl had, and she was a really good champ for a long time. To me, that's a quality win, and it showed me that this girl's She's quite good. So I'm gonna I'll lean towards the champ, obviously. She's a big favorite for a reason. But you know, I, I guess I feel a little better about her than, than you. But I do like healts too, don't get me wrong. And hey, if Marcel comes out, if, if she wins, Marcel's gonna come here Monday, sort of banging the drum for her. So looking forward to that. All right. Um I mean that's it for Belcher G62, I think. Anything else you want to talk about this card before we move on? Or
1: no, um, well, the card after this, we got Pitbull versus McKee, which is an incredible fight. So um, even though that this fight uh, this card maybe didn't deliver um, in the best way we had hoped for. We got uh, an incredible card the week after. We even got Mad Mads, or not the week after, but later the month. We got Mads Brunel versus Emmanuel Sanchez. Uzman Urmaga Madoff is fighting on that card. Magomed Magomedov is on that card. Brent Primus is on the card. Georgie Karakani, Alejandro Laura, um, Dude, like, yeah, this card, Belter 263 right after this is incredible.
0: I'm just looking at it right now. I mean, this that card's dope. Yeah, that's I mean, I can't wait for that main event. So it's, it's a good fight. But even the Bernal Sanchez fight, that's a fire fight. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good card, man, for sure. And that's on July 30th, 31st. So um that's a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so they're gonna go head to head with the UFC. That's interesting. They're going head to head that night, AJ, with the uh what card is it? It's all a great card, right? Sean Strickland and the Ryan Hall, I think. Is that the card? I believe.
1: Let me see.
0: That's the card. Let me double truck. Uh, yeah, it is. UFC and ESPN 28. So you got Hall and oh, you also got do Choi. Munar are I mean, like <laughs> it's, they're both good. They're both good car. Like they're both decent, you know, so not like the biggest names, but yeah. Mauchi also. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised when he lost that last fight. Wasn't it? That was a big surprise but that car looks good. And I like that they're getting these guys fights like more often now, because obviously last year it hurt a lot of guys in this promotion. AJ, they barely ran any events. I can't like, did they even have events last year? I can't remember. It wasn't very many. But yeah, I can't wait for that card. Um, all right. Uh, let me get your, let me get your dog of the week for, for UFC. If that's, if you, do you even have a dog of the week, because you look at this card, I mean, there is a lot of chalk on this card. Like we, we do criticize the Bellator card sometimes for being chalk heavy. The UFC card is, although not to the extent Dollar is, but is there anyone you have a dog of the week? I'll give up one. I have one, but do you have one, AJ or do you want some more time to think about it while I give while mine?
1: Well, even if you gave me more time, I wouldn't have one because I've only researched three fights. It's been a pretty busy week for me. Um, I plan on finishing out my research uh, today and tomorrow. But uh, to your point, there are a lot of untrustworthy favorites and mm-hmm. you know fights that could realistically go either way. We're coming off a big pay-per-view where there's more proven fighters. But on a fight night like this, you just don't have some of the resumes. But um, I'm curious to hear who your dog of the week is.
0: I think it's going to be a, a chalk heavy card, like expected as, as you can see with the line and there'll probably be a couple of upsets we didn't see coming. I mean, half of these guys are minus 300 Are all the minus 300 favorites going to win. Probably not. Cause like AJ said, a guy like, for instance, Rodrigo Nascimento, like that guy's not really the most proven guy. You know, he should win his fight, but not the most proven. The one dog that I like and uh, Marcel also actually agreed with me on this. So I was, I was glad to hear that the lines dropped since since we both picked it at plus 160, but even a plus 130, I like Billy Quarantilla a little bit over uh, Gabriel Benitez, AJ. I think it's a close fight, but for me, Benitez is definitely the most dangerous guy as far as like the first round goes with the finishing. But overall, I think Billy's got the better cardio. Yeah, I think he's pretty tough and I think he can go three rounds of win decision. And I like the fact he has had eye surgery and fixed his eyesight. That is huge for a fighter, you know? Not wearing contacts now actually gets to see his opponent. That's huge. I think on a card with a lot of chalk, I had to look deep and I think that's one dog I like. I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that fight, but do you have any any thoughts on that? Me and Marcel both like him, though.
1: Yeah, well, Billy Quarantillo can never be counted out with just his pressure and cardio. Um, it's second to none, and I think favoring Benitez as a technical striker was fair. He's just better with his kicks and his boxing and that sort of thing, but um, Billy Q walking him down, I mean, he doesn't necessarily need to be the better technical striker to win. Billy is the better submission grappler, but I've always had concerns about his wrestling, and it came to fruition when he mm-hmm. fought Gavin Tucker. Um, it even came to fruition against Beck Carl, even though he, he won the fight. But, um, I don't know, man. I mean, I think, I think he could win, but I think Benitez is the rightful favorite. I just think in a fight that should be contested on the feet. Benitez is is the better striker and who's more dangerous. No, I,
0: I agree. He's more dangerous guy. No doubt about it. We saw against Justin James, but again, like this is a guy that his record in UFC is not great. He doesn't, he has a lot of losses. And I just, I don't know. Like he just had that fight with JSP fall. We had that bad weight cut. I don't even know if this guy's going to make weight quite frankly. Also, it's kind, of, it's kind of weird that this guy got a fight before the JSP guy did. Remember the JSP guy was the one who said, I don't want to fight the guy. He missed weight. I don't want to fight him. It's almost like the UFC matchmakers are punishing that kid because they're like, Hey, you didn't accept the fight. You took a fight off the card. We're going to give Benita as a fight before you do, which is kind of bizarre. Anyways, I, I mean, I, I think you're right, AJ, in that it's supposed to be chalk winning, but I'm just saying like, if I had to look deep and that is one dog that I do like a little bit, although like AJ said, there are a couple of other competitive fights on this card as well. Um. Just before we get out of here, AJ, there, there, I want to mention this LFA card. Um, if you go to MMA oddsbreaker, you can see my pre- um, the opening odds for them. But there's two LFA cards this weekend I want to highlight quickly. On Friday, there's LFA 111. It's in Brazil. It's taking place in Rio. So that's kind of cool. Um, there are some guys in this card that are worth po- uh, pointing out, such as the Airy Farias guy who I mentioned, who's coming off a win over Johnny Eblen, where he, he ripped his ear off in that Torre FC promotion, which was good. Um, but the card I'm looking forward to is actually the the other one on Sunday, LFA 12 AJ. It's a one night welterweight tournament um, with mm. a bunch of Brazilian guys that they're all like jungle fight veterans. They're all like CTO Brazil veterans. And if you look at these guys' records, they're like maybe they're not the most um, noteworthy guys, but they've fought a lot of guys that we've heard of. So there's something to like about this uh, this card. I actually like Ruiz the Mexican lady. Mexicans are hot in mary right now. He's saying Montserrat Ruiz. Have you broke down that fight at all? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one. I lemos is one of the biggest favorites in the card. i mean the physical advantage i would assume would be huge but Montserrat's a, a gamer no doubt about it with that head and arm choke I, I i don't know i don't know if that move's gonna work i think she's kind of one jerk pony a little bit any thoughts
1: yeah it's funny i actually just looked into that one before we got on um there you, go. you know ruiz just held buys in the, in the headlock you know i mean yeah. that that got her a win but i don't think that that's indicative of her winning you know the rest of her fights in the ufc I think favoring Lemos is fair. She's a better striker, more powerful, more technical, uh, faster as well. Ruiz doesn't have good striking defense. I think it's actually Canejo. Well, they they called her a few different last names. I don't yes. know if Ruiz Conejo. Um So, yeah, but, yeah, uh, Lemos, clear boxing advantage in my opinion. And I think Ruiz's best bet, honestly, is to push Lemos against the fence. Mm-hmm. Like we that saw, girl
0: uh, Inoue did, right? I think that's who was was it yeah.
1: Mizuki, Mizuki yeah. anyway. Yeah, that would probably be Ruiz's best bet. If she wants to play the head and arm gro- game throw uh excuse me, head and arm throw game, that could work, but that could also put her in serious trouble because she's at the risk of giving up her back. And Lemos is a legit submission grappler. I've seen her go for the previous necktie on the regional scene years ago, so she's only gotten better since uh Ruiz might risk giving up her back and giving up a rear naked choke. So um of course, anybody has a chance. I, I just laid out a path of victory for Reese. Could, she could clinch her and, and hold her there. That could help her win. But I think Lemos is the rightful favorite here.
0: Yeah, I think she deserves a, a decent sized favorite. I mean, she looked so dominant in the last fight. Um, we've got a few minutes, but we'll get out of here, I guess, sooner. I uh, just want to see if there's any news from today that I missed. Uh, let me double check here. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, not not a lot. I mean, I'm looking forward to this. I guess my, the last question before we get out of here, AJ. Um, just your thoughts on the main event cause for this weekend GFC card, uh, Islam and, uh, Tiago Moises cause I was just going to say, I just wrote an article on Dan Hooker who talked to my boy, James Lynch. He goes, what do you think of this fight? And he's like, I honestly have never seen this guy fight before. I have no idea who Tiago Moises is, but he goes, I'll fight Islam if he beats him. So I was like, okay, cool. But I think Moises is a good young improving fighter. I just think the grappling, the defensive grappling is going to be an issue. We saw it against Benil Darius. We saw it even against Bobby Green a little bit. I expect Islam to be grappling heavy. I don't know if he finishes, but I, I do expect him to win. Still, so the line's obviously pointing that way. Your thoughts, AJ? Last thing we'll talk about today.
1: Yeah, um it's pretty crazy. You know, I remember I bet Islam against Dober, and he was like a, around minus three hundred, and now he's over minus six to one against Moises. It's pretty crazy know, considering centrally,
0: uh, right? Like I, I was thinking that the other day. I think in general, Moises doesn't get a lot of respect. If you look at his betting lines, he's been the underdog. Mm-hmm. I think in three or four straight fights, but. There was a lot of people hyping up dober in that last fight with that left hand and I, I didn't see it i thought there was huge value on islam and like i think it was four to, three or four to one you should have been eight to one so sorry to cut you off there but yeah I, i'm with you i think the line it, it seems a little high compared to what that was right
1: yeah considering moises is is much more confident excuse me competent on the ground than than dober is uh, moises is a legit black belt not that i'm expecting him to go out here and submit islam but in terms of you know not giving up positional advancement on the ground not giving up um you know a stoppage or anything like that that he puts himself in a better better position but to your point gotta favor islam here he's the better wrestler he should be able to control where the fight goes uh seen his or excuse me seen moises rather taken down by kurt holiba you mentioned dariush and the um there's another fight in there he got bobby green so yeah makashev is i put out a statement on twitter uh he is the best lightweight in the ufc in my humble opinion because not because of who he's fought, but because of his skill set. I always analyze fighters based on their skill set because they're only gonna fight who they're put in front of. So if they if and he's been going he's been dominating everybody that that's been put in front of. So I can't hold that against him. He got knocked out quickly by Martins. That was years ago. He's gotten better since. We talked about it earlier with Eblin. To beat a guy like like Islam, you gotta knock him out on the feet. Otherwise, he's just gonna overwhelm you with them takedowns and in control time. I mean. That win over Armin Terukian is gonna age. It's already aged well, but mm-hmm. it's gonna age even better because, I mean, I know we're, I know he's not on this card, but Armin Terukian is another top five lightweight in my opinion. So, these guys are so dominant with their style, and um, whether or not Islam wins or loses here, I just think that the prototype of the fight that he is, he does have championship level upside. He should go out here and win this fight. But to your point, Islam, or, uh, excuse me, Moises. For whatever reason is is very underrated from the betting community people often bet against him Uh i bet on him against mj i didn't bet on him against green but i acknowledge that he could have made that fight very close and he did um but yeah he's definitely going to be game here i don't think islam finishes moises but i do think he goes out here wins some rounds with some top control and uh probably wins a wrestling grappling based decision
0: yeah i'm in a pool where um with a bunch of friends and you have to pick the method too so you get double points for main events and I'm just like, this is, this is his first five round fight. I still think he's probably gonna win though. So I'm actually with you. I see a lot of people saying he's gonna finish Moises, but Moises defensively should be able to kind of thwart the, the submission attempts. And I think he can maybe survive the, the, the 25, but we'll see. I mean, it's five rounds. Pablo thinks the Misha odds are great. I mean, they are, but she hasn't fought in five years. So it's a huge risk. Um, that's the problem with that fight. But definitely, I mean, she's, she should be the favorite there. Any LFA picks, fights to watch? Really no picks, man. I have like, but if you go to uh, maoddsbreaker.com, I did, um, you know, I have all the odds there, some initial thoughts on the fights, but I would say that on Sunday, that whole card, because it's a one night tournament currently welterweight champion, the winner of that tournament will almost assuredly be in the UFC one day. So keep your eye out. They love the LFA. They love the LFA fighters. Uh, AJ, I think it's the official feeder league, if I'm not mistaken. So UFC always plucking guys from this promotion. AJ, I think that's it for today, man. Appreciate all the guys, everyone who asked a question, they appreciate it. AJ, thanks again, man, for joining me to talk about Bellator. Please plug your stuff, man, everything you got going on. Tell the people where it is.
1: Yeah. Daily fan MMA contributing there. I just posted the Bellator content earlier this week. Apologize for the delay. I was traveling to and from Vegas this week, uh, working through it though. No excuses plan on researching the rest of the card. Uh, we'll start posting bets on daily fan MMA and bet. You could always follow me on Twitter at AJ betting. Pleasure to do, do this with you, Adam, as always. And, uh, thanks as always for everybody contributing in the comment section and, and watching.
0: I appreciate that as well, man. And uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at m and dot com. It's on our YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, all those places you wanna download it. I'm also available at BJPenn.com, um, and uh, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. I have my DFS full breakdown for the card tomorrow, at like Elite uh, Fantasy, and then my bets for the card. Um, probably just have a few bets on this card. I mean, like it's, it's a card with a lot of chalk, and I'm not a huge chalk guy, but I mean, I'll definitely see some spots, so. Talk about it for sure. And Pavlo mentioned this guy Wrangle is really good. So yeah, I think that card's going to be awesome. Remember guys, that LFA card is quite good. So if you're looking for something to do on Sunday night, that would be the card to watch AJ. Thanks again, man. Talk to, take care everyone. Talk to you later. Bye.